word on tonight. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe everybody is ready to present on tonight, so let's get our first five on the front row, and we'll start from there. Or you can just space out the first five. Whoever the first five want to be, we'll let you come up and see what God has to say. Whoever want to go first can come up. Willie going to be the first partaker. Mine was, does rebellion make your heart harden? And how? Uh, it does make your heart harden. And the way that can happen is that when you uh, continue to neglect the word of God, uh, not stand in his word, uh, that can make your heart harden. Also, it can uh, cause you to, cause you to uh, not love the way that uh, you should love as Christian. And also, it can cause you to uh, cause you to. Um, I got the word right on top of my head, and can't can't. Uh, it can cause you to be. Uh, Lord have mercy, Jesus. And how it can cause you uh, to re, uh, to be rebellion rebellious against the word of God uh, make you get to the point that uh, you don't even want to be don't even want to be around other Christian you don't want nobody to even come uh, to say anything you know to you about the word of God when that begin to happen to you uh, that's a, a good sign that your heart your heart has uh, become hardened thank you Willie you can leave it on no, you can take that with you. When we are amazed at what God does, it's our heart hardened. Um, I say yes, and then I say no. The reason why I say yes is because God is just an amazing God. I mean, when I, say, when I say no, God is amazing. And I always think about how when the angels went around the uh, throne of Isaiah 6, said, holy, 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 every time they went around, they see another dimension of holiness, because God is amazing. And then I say yes, because on, on this, in this instance, because, um, you know, the disciples were with Jesus, and they saw him work all these miracles and everything. They were with him. They saw it. So um, <clears throat> if they, whenever they came into another situation, like the, uh, the, phylo, the two fish of five loaves of bread, they should already um, understood that um, God was able through Jesus. He was able to do miracles. They didn't have to worry about anything, but they um, doubted him anyway. They asked questions, how, and all these questions, wouldn't know how. And... Um, 
also think about back in, in the, children, uh, the children of Israel, they all follow Moses, how uh, they saw God do performing miracles back then. Um, he did so much before their eyes. He took care of them um, when he was leading them out of bondage. They were, uh, they were still so quick to doubt God. And many times nowadays, people do the same thing. See how God operates in their lives over and over and over. Providing, making ways, making ways out of no way. And um, then yet, when another situation arrives, people become doubtful or fearful and, you know, talk negative and talk faithless, full of fear and doubt. Um, so when we see God do things while like we're praying, we should not, uh, when God asks that prayer, we should not be amazed because God asked that prayer. Think about when uh, they were praying for, um, was it Peter? To be out of, come out of prison. And he was, God got him out of there. You know, he was, he got set free out of prison. And when he knocked on the door, the people were amazed. Well, weren't they praying? So we shouldn't be amazed when God asks our prayers. We shouldn't be amazed when God brings things out. Even though we rejoice in the Lord and and our faith should just grow every time God does something else or manifests his word in our lives. So when people are so amazed as God did it, you know, that's because they had, sometimes because their hearts are hardened, they have unbelief. Amen. So nervous, he forgot what to say. I already know what to say. How does your heart become hardened? Our heart becomes hardened whenever we become insensitive to the things of God. And whenever we come to know the Lord and we see him at work and we just know how amazing he is and just how good he is, and he knows that he's a God of everything and, you know, he's just amazing. So when we know this and we come to know God in that way, and when things come up in our lives and we begin to let fear come in and begin to, to look back and um, and say, God, I know you did it, this, but, you know, but I don't know about this. Might, I know you done that, but this might, hit, might be too big for God. But how many, there's nothing too big for God, you know. So we have to know that when things come, we're looking to God. We have to really trust God. And then sometimes when we grab into the horns of faith and just hold on to, sometimes it takes you have to really hold on. We have to really hold on and know that God's going to do that just the way you say it. No matter what may come or what may go or how it may look, but just know that God's already done it. He's already brought us out. So when we get to the place to where we just begin to look back and uh, let fear come in and let doubt come in, and then our hearts, that's a hardened heart. So we just got to know that God, who he is, Know that God's already done it. Know that God's going to do just what he said already. You know, he, God's already done it. So we just got to grab hold to what he already done for us. Take provision, to, to, take provision to what he's already provided for us. And just take God for his word and just know who he is. And that way, the hardened heart, you know, this hardened heart, we can't let it. It won't affect us in that way. So hardened heart, just becoming insensitive to the things of God. Amen.
Mine is, what draws you away from God? And I said, social media. Sometimes you can get up there, like we have a Facebook page for my job, just to check that, and you get up there and you up there for an hour when you're supposed to be checking one thing. Hanging with people who are unbelievers, that's say if you have an associate that says they want to do something on your church night or something you're supposed to be doing for church, and they want you to go with them and you just decide to hang with them. Not being in your word when you just think that because you're too tired or you have something to do that you shouldn't get in your word. Church being closed during, during the pandemic, that because, see, a lot of churches are still not in, so they may watch it online, they may not, so they're not in their word like they're supposed to be. Work. If you have to go to work, you think your job is more important than getting in the word. Just being lazy, like I said, you just don't want to get up and do it or whatever. The weather, like like Sunday when we came to church, some people said you're going to church because it's ice on the road. I'm like, if you go on, you go to work if you got ice on the road. If they tell you they're gonna fire you, you're gonna go to work. And family, family might say you're gonna go to church today, but we having this, and I want you to come and do this with us. And they don't believe like you believe. Mine was, when did the um, disciples' hearts become hardened? And um, we know that they were with um, Jesus when he done a lot of miracles, not just um, the five loaves and the two fish. I mean, he healed multitudes and multitudes of people, and they were actually right there with Jesus. But um, after he fed the um fed them with the five loaves and the two fish and they got ready to go over to the other side jesus told them to beware of the leaven of the sadducees and the pharisees and the disciples began to reason and um they began to reason they began to contemplate they began to think over in their minds was he saying this because they forgot to take bread, but he wasn't saying that to them because they forgot to take bread. He was saying that because he was warning them against the, um, the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So when they began to consider and reason and think in their hearts, it's when their hearts became hard towards um, is when their hearts became hardened. And that's just like um, with this question right here. I asked myself, because I wasn't looking at none of y'all. And when I was meditating, I said, God, what, what has caused my heart to become hardened? I can't look at anybody else. You know, this is for me. That's just like when your heart becomes so callous and insensitive and really hard. It's just like you get a callus or something on your finger. And you try to take a pen and stick in that callus, and you can't even penetrate that callus because it's so hard. And so sometimes, you know, our hearts become just that way. But um, that was it.
My question is, can you have unbelief and faith at the same time? And yes, you can. I think sometimes what it is, we put our trust in man instead of God. Instead of God. I go back to Mark 9 when, um, when the man had a son that uh, had an evil spirit in him since his young birth. And he went to the disciples, expecting the disciples to heal him. But when they couldn't heal his son, he started having unbelief. That's when he went to Jesus. And because by him looking at man, he got weak. But he should look to God to start with. You know, God used us, but we can't look at the person. We've got to look at what God we work through, through our spirit. And that's how what happens sometimes. We, we just depend on man uh, sometimes with their title, think they can do stuff. But God used, you know, we're his vessel. And that's how we can um, have unbelieving faith at the same time. And sometimes it's like um, it's easy for us sometimes to pray for other people, and we're going about our business. But when it hit home, you know, you not don't have that word in your heart like that, you will be trapped. Your faith. My question was, what is a hardened heart? And I looked at nobody but me. So everything I'm getting ready to read to you is about me. Um, first, I asked myself, I said, God, show me me. I said, because the only way I'm going to get through this, I really got to understand that it's me. What is a hardened heart? A hardened heart, it stops you from having kind and friendly feelings towards someone or caring about something. A heart that rebels against God. So I asked myself, I said, God, have I been rebelling against you? If I did, I didn't know it. But he began, the Holy Spirit began to show me things. Like with my husband. When he be trying to tell me what's right. And I say, no, that ain't right. I don't care what you say. When he's speaking truth to me, I don't want to listen. And that is God leading him to speak the word of God to me, and I'm not listening to what he say. That's rebelling against God. When somebody asks you a question, and you know, say for instance, Gloria might say, Denise, do you like this? Yeah, girl, that looks good. Then the Holy Spirit say, he knew my heart. The Holy Spirit know my heart, and he'll say, why are you lying? That's rebelling against God. It's the little things. It's not just the great big things about me. And what are signs of a, hard, a hardened heart? Ever since uh, Apostle did this teaching, uh, it's really opened me up because I was blinded by a lot of things. My ears had done closed up from Hearing the word of God when God is speaking, I like I didn't even hear him. I did the opposite of what he said. And I asked God, I said, God, what are the signs of a heart and heart? Give me the signs. So he sh the Holy Spirit told me where to go. What are signs of a heart and heart? Lack of ability to perceive, remember, or grasp events or ideas coming from God. It's like, I'm going to use the event team. It's like, when I was over the event team, God would tell me stuff. And then I used to put it out there. 
But then I was full of rejection. Rejection can have you to get a hardened heart. Because I felt like, okay, I'm telling them what God said, but they're not listening to me. So I shut down. Whatever they wanted to do, I let them do it. No problem. And even though sometimes I knew it was wrong, I still let them do it. That causes you to have a hardened heart. And that causes you not to be sensitive to the things of God. Failure to follow God's commands, the way of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit. As of me, God can tell me not to go right. And I'm hearing him tell me not to go right. But I'm going to do what Denise want to do. I'm going to go left. God can tell me not to say this to that person. But I'm not going to let them have the last word, so I'm going to say how I feel. That can cause you to have a hardened heart. Insensitive to sin and sinful things. Now, we all know what sin is. And we only perfect, only perfect, we, we only perfect in our spirit, not in our flesh. But most of the time, Denise let her flesh run her what she's supposed to do instead of listening to the spirit. My flesh and spirit is always in a war for the simple reason I'm not in the word enough. I'm not, I, I have closed my ears to the things of God and I'm doing what? I'm going off of my emotions. I'm going off of how I feel. So that causes you, instead of going on the word of God, that causes me to have a hard heart because I'm going on how I feel and nobody don't want to know how Denise feel. And it's not Denise's fault, it's this fault, this person's fault, that person's fault. So since nobody is listening to me, that can cause you to have a hardened heart. Arrogance and pride. One time in my life, I was very arrogant. I was. I was humble a little bit, but I was arrogant too. And pride. I have dropped a lot of pride, but I still got some in me. Pride can cause you to have a hardened heart also. Because when... The leader is telling you to do something, and she's probably, he or she is probably telling you the truth, but then you're going to say, I ain't listening to her. I ain't listening to him. They don't tell me what to do. I've been there. I've done that. That cause of my heart was hardened. My ears were clogged up, and I couldn't hear God. I couldn't hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me. One thing is easily being offended, resentful, lack of ability to forgive. I can tell you I forgive you, but in my heart I haven't forgave you. I'm still holding it. And you walk around with this, with this safad, safad face and, oh, everything is okay. I'm all right. No, that didn't bother me. Yes, it did. But I'm so proud I can't tell you that it bothered me because I don't want to get into no confrontation with you because I don't feel like I know how to come to you in a way that you can receive me. But it's me. I, 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 I. I need to listen to what God tells me to do. And being that way, it can cause you to have a hardened heart. 
being indifferent to the word of God. The word of God has been spoken in this house to me many times. Sometime I listen, sometime I didn't. That's rebelling against God because God is using people to come and bring you the word, but I didn't want to listen to it right then. Again, I'm in my feelings. I want somebody to hear me, see me, be attached to me, make me know. I want you to know how I feel. So the devil's having his way with me because I have stepped away from God. I don't hear him anymore. It's because I'm not getting in the word. The devil has got me so wrapped up to where I'm only believing what he's saying. Having unbelief can draw you away from God. When you don't believe in what God and what the word is being taught to you, you believe it, but you really don't believe it. That's where your unbelief coming in. You have fear and all this stuff is just don't bog you down. You're wondering why this is happening. You're wondering why that is happening. That's me. We can develop a hardened heart through disappointment also. When you have been disappointed so much in your life and you haven't gotten in the word and deeply uprooted what disappointed you, you just let things pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up. It's gonna, you're going to lash out on somebody and they're not even going to understand why you're lashing out at them. It's because you've been disappointed so many times, and when somebody close to you disappoints you, that's a deeply hurt. It really, truly hurts. It takes the Word of God. you got to get in the Word of God and find scriptures to come in and deal with that situation that you're going through where it can come in and uproot that, that hurt, that disappointment. That's me. What should we do to prepare our hardened heart? We need to humble. I need to humble myself and repent. I need to obey what I hear and read from the word of God. I need to dive deeply into the word of God to develop a relationship with him more than I have a relationship with my husband, my family, my friends. I need a relationship with him. If I act cold towards people, I need to pray and ask God to intervene and create in me a new heart like David did. And there have been people that I act very cold towards. I don't want to say anything to them. I just want to you know, so I asked God to lead me where to get some scriptures to help me. And I haven't learned them, but I've been meditating on them this week, especially at work. I'm going to read Psalms 51 through 10. Psalms 51, verses 10 through 12, and 15 through 17. 
Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I want to tell you this. In the Psalms 51, when it came to David, when he said, create in me a clean heart, his heart is not the heart we got from God because Jesus hadn't went to the Father yet. So we already have that heart in us from God. So we don't have to ask him to create in us a clean heart because we have the heart of God. But the things that we go through block what we have from God. We do have his heart in us, but we got blockers like she was going over. So your heart is already clean. God's heart is, heart is clean. But we have blockers that stop us from receiving from the heart of God. Thank you, Sister Nisa. My question was, what is a hardened heart? And a hardened heart is being more in the natural rather than in the supernatural. But um, like with me, okay, like Saul, Saul rebelled against God because the people kept coming at him about the stock and whatever. He didn't kill everything that he should have killed. So if I let stuff keep coming at me, coming at me, coming at me, I develop a hardened heart. I lose focus on what the word says versus then staying to the word. I'm more in the natural. And like I have fallen by the wayside. I have let the cares of the world come in and take me out of the word like I haven't even gotten the word. Sit down. I'm studying my word, but when I get up, I can't remember what I read. So that can, that's a hard heart. Okay. Can we have the next five to come up? You won't have to walk so far if you come a little closer. The account, and I guess you that fifth one. Well, Quanah beat you to the punch. Um, my question is, can you have unbelief and faith at the same time? And basically, I was going to say what Brother James said about the man and his son. And when I was meditating on it, um, about the belief and unbelief, um, it's not that people, the Lord was showing me that it's not that people don't have, y'all, I can't breathe. Uh, these masks is hot. Um, don't have that they don't believe is that that this generation is a right now generation. They want everything right now, so they're not waiting on the Lord. So it looks like unbelief, but really they do have belief. And he was showing me an example of the microwave compared to the oven how, like, you know, back in the day, they didn't have microwaves. They only had ovens, so everybody heated up their food, leftovers and everything in the oven. Well, if you notice now, everybody, instead of using the oven, used the microwave. But the food don't taste as good in the microwave when you warm it up as it does in the oven. 
And that's like waiting on God, even though sometimes it may take longer than we want it to take. But if we wait on the Lord, it's going to come through with perfection. In the microwave, if you want it right now, you may get go out and run and get something, um, and you're going to struggle to pay for it. You know, anything could happen, but if you wait on God, it's perfection and waiting on God. Awesome what everybody said. Um, <clears throat> does rebellion make your heart harden? And how? Uh, rebellion can cause you to miss your blessing as is uh, what God has for you. Uh, it, can, it can delay it. And sometimes you can miss it. Uh, you know, uh, and 15.4 was talking about God, he gave them an order to go out and, uh, you know, destroy uh, the, the sin, the sinners and the uh, Amicites. And, and he told them to, to fight them against them until they are consumed. And like Sister Deborah said, they let, you know, they didn't obey. They let evil come, and, uh, and they rebelled against the word of God. But Saul went and said, you know, it is better to obey. Uh, it is better to obey than to uh, sacrifice. And, you know, rebellion is as of... Uh, Rebellion is as of uh, uh, God. Witchcraft. It's witchcraft and and uh, and as if uh, you know, it's just it, it can just cost you to to miss out on the blessings, and because of the the uh, disobedient, it costs them uh, to miss out, and God reject them from being king. And you know what? We all kings and queens in the sight of God if we obey because every one of us has a, a purpose here. And God, you know, we obey him and don't rebel against him. It might not come today or tomorrow, but God's got a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. And if you don't rebel against God, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to look so different to somebody else, but it's going to be easy to you because you're going to know the, the will that God has for your life. And I'm going to tell you something, church. It's an awesome feeling when God used you to, to carry out his will. And when you went through so much and at first and you see that uh, it seems like it's never going to happen. And no matter what you do, I'm going to tell you there's a time and a season for every purpose up under the heavens. And I'm going to tell you something. We up under the heavens, and we got to bring it down on earth. And it's just a blessing. It is just a blessing to, to do the will of God and, and follow his word. And um, Tyson, that's um, 1 Samuel 15.4, right? And he was saying Saul, but we knew you meant Samuel. Yeah. Uh, my paper says, how does your heart become hardened? Um, and I was going over uh, 
you know, what you hear will affect you, whether positive or negative. Um, and just thinking back in the garden, how basically uh, God kept saying, you know, God said, God said. And then the serpent came and said, so they heard something that was opposite of what God said. And the Bible says in Hebrews, like, uh, today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So they had heard God's voice, but then they heard another voice. So that shows us what, what you hear will affect you. Like, just like we can hear what God says about us, and then uh, we may hear something on the news that will affect us. You know, when we, we start to be more sensitive to the voice of the serpent through man or the voice of man instead of the voice of God. And just like in, in that garden, they, they, God created everything they needed, um, and he rested, so they had everything. And so the serpent came to take them out of that rest. They tried to get something that they already had. They tried to become something that they already were. And that's how it is with us. Like, we'll, we'll be doing all these things because we hear what they, what they, whoever the they may be, is telling us what to do, what we have to do. When God is saying, just like, for instance, God is saying, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. He didn't say by wearing a face mask, you're healed, or, or by taking a shot, you're healed. He said, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. But we can get so sensitive to these things that everybody else is saying, and we forget what God has said. It's the same principle, and it brings us out of rest. He's already finished the work. All we do is rest. But when we hear these other things, now we're out of rest. We're trying to obtain something that's already ours. Um, and also, uh, evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, who we hang around, that can cause our hearts to harden. Just the way they believe, the, way, the things they say. Um, that particular scripture Paul was saying, um, like people around you may say, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So that's like now, people just living for the now, they may want to party, do, do anything else, but uh, they can cause you to harden your heart. Um, and also not considering. The disciples didn't consider the miracles of the loaves. When we don't consider what God has done, even the little things, then our hearts become hard and we have to consider everything he's done and know that he'll do it again. Amen. Thank you, bro. Um, mine says, we are amazed at what God does as our heart hard and displayed. Uh, yes. Uh, because we as baptized believers, you know, uh, the word already lets us know all what God can do and what he has done, you know, when we read the word. So in our life, you know, we pray for that miracle or whatever that situation that we are in, and God works it out to do it for us. You know, it shouldn't be a shock. We shouldn't be amazed because, you know, we serve the one and only true God, and his word tells us, you know, that he will deliver us or, you know, or bring us out or whatever that situation is, that he will do it for us. So we shouldn't be amazed. And if, so I say yes, so if we are amazed or shocked by it, then yes, your heart is hardcore. 
even though you prayed it, uh, you really didn't believe it. So that being said, uh, focus on, you know, what I've been going through lately. And, uh, and I'm asking, Lord, you know, Father, you're dealing with a hard heart. You know, Lord, show me me. And he was telling me, you know, uh, Cam, you know, it ain't about you. You know, it ain't about the brother or sister. It ain't about being right or wrong. It's about, you know, what my words say. Uh, I call you to the position. I put you in that position that you are in. So I had to realize, you know, I'm not so much so doing it for the brother or the sister or the pastor or the sister pastor. I'm doing it for God. So I had to back up and, you know, recalculate and read. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I repent. You know, I fell kind of straight a little bit. But I thank God, you know, that what the scripture tells us, you know, get up and brush the dust off and continue on. So I thank God for his grace and for his mercy. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, it, you know, people looked up to us. And he let me know the position that he put me in. You know, this is just not in a position. So, but seeing that, you know, I know I'm not perfect. I do make my mistakes. So I'm like, God, you know, have mercy on me. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm in it to win it. And I'm going to win, you know. So the enemy got in there a little. So I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. So and he lets me know I also got to get in the word more. Because if you don't get in the word more, that's what's shopping your skills. And that's how you can be aware more of his coming. Because the word's going to warn you how he's going to come. And he'll let you see, you know, the tricks of the enemy. So I'm like, you know, so Lord, help me, you know. Because you called us to be a light before the world. You know, example to the unbeliever. And that's what I want to be. So, uh, again, I'm going to ask the church to forgive me. Uh, I ask God to forgive me. You know, like, again, I'm in it to win it. And, you know, I love my ministry. I love what God is doing through the ministry. You know, I love to report what Sister T, you know, was reading how others, you know, seeing and love the ministry so much so that they want to go up under it. You know, and I always tell Pastor, you know, she's always, she's an anointed lady, I clear. <laughs> and I tell you, church, to be honest with you, through the time I was going through, and I got to say it with the enemy, because what's the enemy time to uh, get thoughts about pulling out? That's the enemy. But God loved me so much so, but before I made that decision, God knew he gave me a drink. And I seen Pastor stand right behind the pulpit, now right on the front seat. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I already know what the answer is to this, so, you know, let me get up, brush the dust off and get back up under the word and, you know, and do what you call me to do. So, again, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. Um, if I ever offended anybody, I'm sorry. You know, I want to make this thing right before you and before God Almighty. And, uh, you know, and I'm just asking you as your brother, just continue to pray for me because I do make mistakes. You know, I'm sure in the future I'm going to make more mistakes. But I ask, you know, just to keep me in your prayer, you know, because, I'm in it win. I love you. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You know, I know things are going to come up, but we got to rebuke the enemy, you know, when things do pop up because it's his desire for us to be divided. You know, he took the Bible tells, the word tells Peter, you know, the devil desired to switch his ass weak. But I thank God he is there. The same situation go for us. The devil wants to switch us. He don't care what he used. He don't care how he used his job. Just He just wants to do He just, as long as he can divide, he don't care what strategy he used. So that helped me to be more sharpened. You know, I thank God that he loves you so much that he warned you, he'll teach you, you know, through other testimonies and through other brothers and sisters that you like, that you live to see. So I just thank God for his grace and his mercy, you know, that 
Because he could have cut me off. You know, there are some saints that fall and do not get to make it back to repent. But I thank God that he loved me so much. So, you know, that he'll allow me to get up, see my state, and continue on down the road. So I thank God for the teaching of the heart and heart. Amen. have much to say because Manny did my part for me <laughs> um, but mine was can you have unbelief and faith at the same time yes you can uh, we have to think about that faith comes from God and where does unbelief come from unbelief comes from the enemy and what came to me with that was I went back to Genesis um, with Adam and Eve and the serpent they already heard what God said um, and what God told them, but they let the enemy come in and whisper in their ear, and then they started listening to that voice instead of God's voice. The enemy put the, the serpent brought doubt, which brought on unbelief, because doubt comes, doubt births unbelief, or vice versa, birth from unbelief. It's all in there together. Um, that was one thing that, um, I got out of it when I was thinking, when I was going over, can you have unbelief and faith at the same time? And then the other was from Mark 5, I believe, with Jairus and his daughter. You know, he went, um, because he believed that God could, that Jesus could heal his daughter. And when Jesus came, you know, he met the, was it the woman at the well? along the way yeah, the, woman with the, issue of blood. the woman with the issue of blood along the way but when he did get there um, and Jairus was there and they told him that his daughter had died and the Lord and Jesus told him be not afraid only believe so that let me know that he was listening to them when they were coming he had faith and he believed what Jesus could do but when he heard them Doubt came in. He had faith, but doubt came in with unbelief. But Jesus reminded him, do not be afraid. She's asleep, you know, only believe. And also what was coming to me was like now with, see, thing Manny said, with what's going on with the, um, in the world, with the pandemic and everything, you know, we know that the Lord said the word tells us that we are healed by Jesus stripes and healing is the children's bread healing belongs to us and in the beginning you know we were still standing on Psalms 91 and I would say um, the vaccine is in the blood that's what I kept you know that's what was in me the vaccine my vaccine is in the blood I'm healed by the blood of Jesus um and then, you know, you listen to people, you listen to the news and all of that. We have faith that God has already healed us. Healing is in the blood. Healing does belong to us. We are healed by Jesus' stripes. But then sometimes you turn on the news or people at work or, you know, a lot of different people, and they're talking about taking the vaccine and this and that. But we know that faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. 
Also, doubt comes by hearing, hearing the other people. Unbelief comes by hearing, hearing other people. But we have to remember that faith comes by hearing the word of God. What has God already said? We are healed. But, you know, we still listen to that. So have faith that we are already healed, but then doubt and unbelief from listening to other people and other things. Amen. Mine said, what is a hardened heart? And a hardened heart is more sensitive to things other than God. You're more natural than supernatural. Um, your heart becomes callous. And just like a callous, like Sister Gloria said, it could be on your hand, your foot. And you get that callous from rubbing up against something. Or people say, you know, from working too hard, and you'll, be, you'll get this callous and this hard, rough skin that forms on your hand or your foot. And so the same thing can happen with our heart. You know, when a situation or a person can continue to rub up against you, it's bothering you for a long period of time. And so just like the layers of skin, your heart can, you can create layers over your heart. And that could be bitterness, rebellion, stubbornness, disappointment. All of these things form layers, which are blockers. And so in order to remove those layers, you have to get into the word to penetrate that callus. And you notice whenever you begin to clip that um, hard, rough skin away, it don't hurt. But as soon as you get to the meat and you clip it, it hurts. And it's the same thing with our heart. Once that word penetrates, you become godly sorrow. You repent. You crying out because now that word is in your heart. So you know because you know you have a hardened heart because you refuse to trust the Lord when you test it. You're prideful and you just will not obey God. You can still hear God, but you just a hearer, not a doer. And so it's just important to just continue to press in and let God um, tenderize your heart. Amen. You can keep it going. Mine was, when did the disciples' hearts become hardened? And that was in Mark um, 6, um, 51 and 52, I think. Um, whenever they, 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 they was on the boat and God, Jesus came on the boat and he just ceased the winds and they, they would cease immediately, I mean, um, right away when he, whenever he got up there and they, they were so astonished and they were so amazed and, and it's like, um, whenever, um, they had forgotten about what Jesus, um, just had done the night before he walked on the water and, um, calmed the storm. He, um, he, he had, he had the five loaves and the two fish and fed thousands of people and then had some leftovers. So they just seem to forget. And for us here on this earth, we, we also seem to forget. I'm, I'm going to speak for me personally. I forget a lot. I have had a situation in my life just here recently 
and I know that God is a healer. I know that I know what God can do. I have experienced what He can do. I know He can heal because I am a living wit, a living testimony of a diagnosis that I got 22 years ago for multiple sclerosis. So I know God is a healer. I know whenever I walked up here to this altar that day, that Sunday, that pastor had that altar call, and she called me up, and she had that altar call up here, and she came around the altar, and she touched me on my shoulder, and a warm sensation went from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And from that day forward, I've never taken any medication. I haven't been to the doctor. I've been standing on Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 for 22 years. So I know God, I know what God can do. So, and we just seem to forget that he does not change. We just, we, with God, you have to think outside of the box. We can't keep him in a box. We, you got to think outside of the box. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than everything. He's just, he's just amazing. So. Is there anybody that want to come next? I see Athea. I see a Barbara, Sister Loretta, Terry. And y'all trying to wait to 8 o'clock, but we got four minutes. <laughs> it ain't over until God says it's over. Don't forget, I see the clock from back here. Okay. Mine says, what draws you away from God? What can draw me away from God is the cares of this world. Family members can draw you away from God. The unbelievers can draw me away from God. And the reason for that is because I'm not rooted and I'm not grounded in the word of God. If I allow something like that, you know, things that's, the cares of this world take me out of the will of God, you know, that's what can draw me from God. You can leave it on, Sister Loretta. Everybody done said what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can repeat it. fish and the five loaves of bread that was the first time but as I was reading put your mic up now but as I was reading that um, the disciples was following Jesus the whole while and what was what I was noticing like Jennifer was saying as they traveled along the way um, Jesus was continuing to do miracles you know like she said when they was on the water and the storm was um, raging and the wind was blowing and they looked up and they saw what they thought was a ghost, but it was Jesus. Even though he had just fed 5,000 people with two fish, it never just dawned on them that he's even able to walk across the water. And then after he got on the boat, he still did a miracle because he, he calmed the storm and, and the winds. And as he traveled on, he continued continued to travel and when um, when they got to the second group of people 
with um, seven loaves and a few fish. The disciples were still trying to figure out, telling Jesus, well, we need to send them on to find food because it's getting late. So even though he had already done it, it still had not dawned on them that um, he was able to do it. And he did it again. But the part that was really um, got me was when Jesus said, um, do you not have eyes to see? Or do you not have ears to hear? Even though they were seeing, they was hearing, it's, their hearts were so hard, they still was not able to receive what they were seeing and what they was hearing. And it's the same way with us, because we do the same thing. We see miracles, we, we read miracles, we experience miracles, and um, our heart is so hard and more sensitive to the world. I've been in this church before, and I tell you, I was in so much pain. I have experienced pastor just putting her hands on me and just praying. I have experienced this. So in my mind, I'm supposed to know with the word of God and experiencing it, even with, with Jennifer just seeing her and knowing her, that she's been healed. When your heart is so hard and you're most sensitive to the world, when was that pain come? Because of the heart, because of the heart and heart, and even though my heart is so hard, please, Lord Jesus, I know what I have to do to receive my healing, and I know that God is a healer, but I also know that it's a process. Mm -hmm. You can't receive your healing without believing with your whole heart it's like a process in order for that um, healing to manifest God knows our hearts and in order to get to that place for that healing to manifest sometimes the healing is instant like Jennifer said but sometimes God knows everybody's heart you have to get into that word and you got to know that you know that you know that God is a healer and he healed me because when he heals you, you got to be able to tell your testimony. And you can't tell it. I can't tell it till he do it. I want to say this with you, Renee. When you mention instant, it happens instant. And then there's a, you know, going through the process. When we look at instant healings, it's going through the gifts of the spirit. Because whatever gift God used through a person, a person can be instantly healed through the working of miracles, through the gift of, of healing. Um, you can be instantly healed. Dealing with a process, just like that night with you, when God healed you that night, he did it. But if we're not in a place with God and our heart is hardened, when that pain tried to attack us again, Sometimes we fall prey to that pain because we go back and say, wait a minute, God, I was healed. Why do I still have this pain? That's when we have to stand up with the word and say, oh, no, I don't receive this in Jesus name. That's the body. The spirit is where the healing is coming from. So you have to remind yourself through the soul saying, I am healed. You get off me in the name of Jesus. You don't belong here. That's your body talking. 
but you know what you already are. You're the heel. So you have to stand on that by faith and not go on how you feel. Did that that night. I went weeks with no absolutely zero pain. I know that it was God, but like she said, had to get into the Word of God and just let all this other stuff go. And I know, and I got to stop saying it too and do it. <laughs> Barbara, I'm gonna get you next week. Now, come on, come on. Uh, mine is, does a rebellion make um, your heart harden? Yes, rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. And, um, if, uh, and a hardened heart is sensitive to the things of God. A hardened heart, you don't feel love, you don't feel compassion for others. And I was thinking about, and I thought about Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart was so hardened. The Lord told him to let his people go, but he wouldn't. And his heart became harder and harder and harder. And what happened on the end? He died. That's it. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Sister Loretta, can you dismiss us? And you know who you are for next week.